Okay, it's recording now. Um, hello, my name is Jalen, and I'm joined by my beautiful co-host Chris. Chris, say hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, little background knowledge before we get started. We met what eight years ago, Chris? About that, eight years ago. So we've known each other for eight years, but we've only been, I'd say, best friends for the last four of those because it was probably it's what my junior year your senior year that we started hanging out yes okay so yeah that was about four years ago so we've been friends for good friends for about four years and now we are starting a podcast together yes we are okay so i'm just gonna jump right into things i have a would you rather for you all right Okay, would you rather take $200,000 guaranteed or take a chance at flipping a coin for $40 million? If you lose, you get nothing. Hmm. So you either get two hundred k guaranteed or a 50-50 chance at $40 million. You know what? I think I'm going for the coin flip. Just all or nothing? Why not? I mean, if I lose, why not? Whatever. If you lose, it makes no difference to your life. The only difference is you lost the chance of getting $40 million, But your yeah. life is still the same. Still the same. But you also have to think, in our current situations, $200,000 is a... That's, that's a big chunk of change. It's a big chunk of change, for sure. But... I still like the chance of forty million. Yeah, I guess right now two hundred thousand wouldn't really last you that long anyway. No, not nowadays. Forty million could definitely get you a lot farther. Oh yeah, a lot. I don't know. It just I feel like the odds would would really freak me out. You just gotta not think about it. Because <laughs> I mean, it's a fifty-fifty chance of you losing more money than you will most likely ever see in your lifetime yeah just don't think about it just do it yeah i guess you just gotta go balls to the wall and go for it always <laughs> how you gotta live life okay so let me let me add on top of that then what would you right. do if you got the 40 million <laughs> now that is a great question because everyone's got their whole, if I won the lottery plan, you know? So, what do you got? Probably go and buy a house on a lake somewhere. Okay. Guaranteed. Do you have, like, a general area? Like, would like you, you would stay in America, or would you go to a different country? Um, probably stay in America. Mm-hmm. Whereabouts in America? I don't know. I I feel like if I were to have that amount of money, like say I won the lottery, I feel like I would get like a summer home so, or like a vacation home somewhere Mediterranean, like Greece or Italy. But I think for like my main home, I'd probably stay in America. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I feel like I wouldn't really have the desire to live in another country unless like I had a job that required it. 
Right. Because I makes sense. It's just it's it's so much to take on at one time. Like you have to like get a work visa, then you have to find somewhere to live in this other country, and you have to worry about adapting to the culture and the economy. Like how you have to learn a whole new system of money and especially if you go to Europe you you know we're the only ones that uses like pounds and miles so you have to learn kilometers and kilograms and just a whole new system that's too much <laughs> we have such a simplified way of living in America that it would make everything so much more like so much harder but it, yeah. it's not even stuff that's really complicated it's just the fact that we weren't raised with that that it makes it complicated. What those ways are more universally known too. Yeah, like that. That's another thing is like we we have a, a bunch of systems in place here that going to other countries, we just we're kind of just screwed. Like we <laughs> you got to fumble your way through trying to figure things out. Like, a big thing is, in America, most people don't learn other languages. Like, the most people that speak other languages in America either have, are descended of people that came from another country, or themselves have come from another country. Whereas you go somewhere in, in like, another country, like in Europe, the a general group, like, a, a decent size of the population know at least their native language and another right for you know traveling because traveling so much easier in europe like if you want to hop borders to another country you hop on a train and you're there for a few hours and then boom you're in another country yeah whereas like here like we have english and spanish and most of our spanish speaking cultures come from people coming from spanish countries or they are descended from spanish speaking uh ancestors it's just but most Americans aren't going to go out of their way to learn Spanish other than for school because you're required to learn a foreign language. Right. But realistically, like, I took Spanish 1. In 10 years, how much of it am I really going to remember if I don't keep practicing it, you know? Right. There, There's no motivation to learn another language, whereas in other countries where you can you have easy access to other countries and other cultures and languages it's it's like second nature right yeah like when chase went and lived in germany he learned german and was hanging out with german speaking people all the time i mean obviously people in germany speak english as well but he was able to pretty speak german pretty well yeah Something I, I wish I wish was more more common around here. Yeah, I, I feel like it'd be nicer if people had the desire to learn more languages and it was a more common thing because I feel like if I took the time to learn another language, I wouldn't get much use out of it because I don't travel other countries. And I mean, unless I learned Spanish, I'd have no use for it in America. Right. I feel like it's a it's wasted potential. A hundred percent. I got a question for you, Chris. All right. What's your question? Have you listened to the new Post Malone album? I have not fully listened to it, but I have listened to a few songs off of it. What do you think? I think it's a great album. 
I've seen a lot of people criticize it, saying it's too slow or too sad, but I feel I feel like that's what he, we needed because everybody's wanting another beer bongs and Bentleys. Exactly. But that's not what his intention was. Exactly. You got to think like it's been it, he released uh Hollywood's Bleeding in 2019 and then COVID came in 2020 and his tour got canceled. So he was, you know, he was in lockdown and he went through a lot of stuff, a lot of changes like leaving Hollywood and moving to Salt Lake city. And so he's locked up in his house for two years or a year and a half, however long. And he had nothing to do, but just write music. And obviously if you're sitting in your house alone, I mean, I know he has a girlfriend, but I'm sure even still it's, there's going to be some depression and sadness. Yeah. Cause you're just seeing the same four walls all day, every day. It, it's going to be hard to find inspiration. And when you do, it's going to come from the sadness and depression you're feeling. And I feel like that's what we got in the album. Right. I mean, literally yeah. one of the songs is called cooped up and talks about feeling cooped up. Yeah. And I think, a lot of these people's problem is that they're wanting a more upbeat, you know, more upbeat songs instead of taking the time and listening to the songs and, you know, really understanding what he's talking about in there. Oh, yeah. A lot of the songs have, if you listen to the lyrics, have really deep meanings behind them. I mean, obviously, there's some of your stereotypical ones when you're, he's just throwing verses around for a song, like filler songs, but most of the songs had pretty deep meanings. I mean, especially <laughs> I I have a lot of mixed feelings about this song, but Lemon Tree Lemon I don't think I've listened to that one yet. So Lemon Tree is by far definitely the one with the most backlash on the album because for some reason he does this god awful trying to sound southern accent. It's it's oh. I it's so confusing and horrendous. I don't know why he did it. If it wasn't for that, the song would be incredible because he talks about like a toxic relationship and it being sour and that he's shit out of luck because he's growing a lemon tree while everyone else has apples and tangerines. And right. it has a nice deep message of getting out of a toxic relationship, which he's rapped about and rapped and sang about before. We know he's had shitty relationships in the past, but it's ruined by this country accent he tries to do. And it's not that and it's not even that he can't do country because I've seen him sing country songs before and he does very well. But there's just something off about it. It's, it's almost it, like he's trying too hard. It's exactly it sounds forced. If you're gonna sing with a country accent, do the whole song that way not just one specific word because he just uses the accent when he says the word better. Right. He says it like three times in the song. He might, I feel like he says it on like one or two other words, but it's mostly in the word better. And he does it like two or three times in the song. And it just, it stands out in a bad way. Like I, I'm sitting there listening to this album. It's like the third song on the album. Cause I think it goes uh reputation, Cooped up with Roddy Rich and then Lemon Tree. 
So it's the third song on the album. So you, you're two songs in now. You got through Roddy Rich was the song that was uh, Cooped Up had already been out before. So you're in familiar territory, and then you're jumped into this song. So you're starting to get in the mood and flowing with the album. And then he pulls out a god-awful fake country accent, and it pulls you right back out. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, there's like 11 other songs after that that don't do that, so you can get back in it. But it's just, it it really rubbed me the wrong way hearing that. Yeah, I, I would imagine so. <laughs> So what songs have you heard? Um, I listened to Cooped Up because that came out as a single before the album. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened to Wrapped Around Your Finger. Okay. And then what was the other one? I want to say one right now because I just had it on shuffle Okay, I was listening. So, so I want to say it was one right now. All good songs. I personally think the best song on the album was Wasting Angels with Kid Leroy. Uh-huh. I definitely recommend listening to that one. I mean, it... I'm trying to find the way to describe it. It's... I don't know. There's something that stands out about it. I don't know if it's Kid Leroy's verse because I'm very on and off with his music. I like some of his songs. Some of them I, I'm not a big fan of. But I... There's something about this song that it it his verse did a lot for me that most of his music really doesn't. Cause when when Juice World was still around, he was making really good music similar to Juice World's style. But you know now that he's Juice World's gone and he's developing his own style, it's it's almost like he's trying to do rock rap, if that makes sense. That makes sense, yeah. Like I, I'm confused at what he's trying to do, but it it works for him. Like he's making a ton of money, so you can't you can't knock his hustle. But I I have a hard time understanding what he's going for. It's almost like he doesn't fully understand what his style is. Yeah, it's almost. As, is like he's just making music that he likes. Like he's not trying to stick to one thing. He just finds a beat, goes with it, and just does what he likes and just puts out an album, which reminds me a lot of Lil Nas X. I I don't know if you remember his uh, EP that he put out before the album. Yep. And I mean, it, there was rap, there was singing, there was country on it. Like that album had like everything because he was just making music he wasn't trying to stick to one genre he was just doing what he loved yeah and i almost feel like that's what kid Leroy's going for but at the same time he's three albums i want to say three albums deep into his career which he's put out a lot of music fast because I want to say he's only like really been in the spotlight for three years now, something like that. Right. And I mean, he's already three albums deep. Like he's pushing songs out plus tons of singles. So I, it's almost like, I don't know if he's just rushing his music or he's just making so much music. He's like, I might as well put it out. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's how juice world was. Juice world had a huge back catalog of songs 
that are still being released to this day, like two, three years after his death. Like we're still getting albums of Juice Word music and features and all kinds of stuff that I, I feel like he's trying to go for that too. Cause I mean, you can tell at least when he first started, he was trying to be a lot like Juice World. Yeah. But I'm not seeing that anymore. It, like I said, he's developed his own style. Plus, he looks a lot like Miley Cyrus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did not think about it like that, but yeah, he does. Like like the, the, the greased up uh, shoulder length blonde hair with bangs. Like he's and the raspy voice. He's he, I think he's trying to be the male Miley. He's, he's we're going to see him on a wrecking ball soon. <laughs> you know what? I feel like that would be the turning point of his career for the better. And Probably. I'm, I'm all for it. But another, speaking of artists with big back catalogs, uh, Zach Bryan, the country artist, he, his, have you listened to his most recent album? Uh, I have not. I've listened to, no, never mind. That was a separate single. No, I have not listened to the album. I've only listened to the singles he released before the album. I haven't like actually delved into the album because I'm intimidated by it. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's got like 30 songs on it. No, I'm I'm looking at it right now. There's 34 songs on it. Yeah, like talk about someone with a big back catalog of songs. He that's not a normal thing. Like like Morgan Wallen's uh, album Dangerous, that was a double album, so it, you know, it was released in two parts, so we got like 30 songs out of it. That makes sense. But he released this one just all 30 at one time it's two hours and one minute worth of music it's it's insane like i'm 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 scared to try and listen to it because it's it's a commitment to sit down and listen to that whole album at one time you're committing to it i mean that is two hours of your life right there yeah like that's that's a good chunk of your day that you could be doing anything else with but instead you're listening to zach bryan which, not to say he makes bad music, he makes incredible music. One of the top five in country right now. But, that's a big commitment. That is a huge commitment to sit down and really listen to the songs. Yeah, yeah. because if you're going to really listen to it, you have to sit there and do nothing else. But just listen to it. So to sit there for two and a half, three hours and do absolutely nothing but just listen to the lyrics of a song... That that would that that's torture. Even if yeah. I like it, that's torture. <laughs> yeah. I I just I can't commit to something like that. I can do a normal, you know, fourteen, fifteen album uh song album that's like fifty minutes at most an hour. I can commit to that. That's nothing. But two and a half hours, that's that's a lot. That is a lot. I mean that that's that's a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I can sit down and watch a movie and look at what I'm listening to. I j- I feel like I'd have to listen to it in parts. I c- I couldn't do it all in one sitting. No, not one bit. But from what I have heard from the album, it's really good. Like I don't know if you've listened to something in the orange, but that is by far my favorite song I've heard so far. It's yeah. it's incredible. Yeah, let me let me look at the plays on this album. There are the, over a million on all the songs. The song "Highway Boys" has got almost twelve million 
plays. That is a really good song. So I that's understand it. Just on Spotify. From Austin has got twenty almost twenty five million plays. Jesus, that that doesn't surprise me, but at the same time it does. Again, just on Spotify. See, it's it's weird because when I found Zach Bryan, I found him with the song Heading South, which I feel like is how Heading most South. people yeah. found him. And I, I when I found that song, I was like, Oh, this is underground. Nobody knows anything about this. And now I'm learning when this album came out that like everybody listens to Zach Bryan. Like yeah. I heard his music on the radio the other day. I can't remember where I was listening to the radio because I don't listen to the radio, but I heard it on the radio. I want to listen s- to the radio. <laughs> I want to say it was heading south too, which blew my mind. Probably because but... you know that's like probably his most well-known song. That's I, I imagine that's the song that blew him up. But I also found him late in his career, so. I, I I can't speak too much about what blew him up, but he heading. Oh my gosh, heading south. It's got almost ten million plays. Jesus, he's he's making moves, man. Or not not ten million, a hundred oh, million. Shit. Yeah, that's different. Not ten million. <laughs> Sorry, I I read that wrong. I took out a zero there. Holy shit, a hundred million. That's a big yeah. difference. Now, Something in the Orange is his number one popular song right now, but that is still his most played song at almost 100 million plays. That's insane. Just on Spotify. And I want to say the way... I, actually, I don't know how... I don't know how... Well, I, okay, hold on. I'm stumbling over myself. I know how they calculate li- listens to uh, songs, but do you know how they calculate monthly listeners? No. So, from what I heard, monthly listeners, the way it's calculated is individual people who listen to a set amount of time uh, per month. And that's how it is. So, it's not like based on the amount of streams you get on one song. It's based on about how often the same person comes back and listens to the music. Right. So, if you look at monthly listeners and you see... Say you look at someone big like Drake and he has, oh, I don't know, 11 million monthly listeners. That's 11 million people who steady come back most days of a month to listen to him. 6.5 million. 6.5. Yeah, it's a ridiculous amount of numbers. For Zach that, Bryan. Oh, for Zach Bryan is 6.5? Yeah. So 6.5 6, yeah, million. 6.5 million people listen to Zach Bryan for most of their month. It's insane. Like to to be him and look at Spotify and see six point five million all separate people every day listen to your music or almost every day. That has to like that has to blow his mind. Like I personally don't know how someone could ever get used to something like that. Yeah. I guess if you've been in the game for a long time, like Eminem, maybe it's different. But I don't know. I feel like it would still just seeing that those numbers would blow my mind every time. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Because, I mean, also another thing is like songs that get huge amounts of listens like uh, Sunflower by Post Malone has over a billion streams on Spotify. Right. A billion. Like people listen to that song over a billion times. He... He had to have made so much money off of that. And to oh, look, yeah. 
to look and see that someone because that song was made for uh, Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse. He made a song for a Spider-Man movie. And it got over a billion streams on Spotify alone. That has yeah. to be mind-blowing. It's like uh, I'm looking at Eminem on Spotify right now. Mm-hmm. Got almost 52 million monthly listeners. Um, His number three most popular song, Till I Collapse, has got 1.3 billion listens. Jesus. But all five of the songs... Uh, two of them are over a billion, and the other three are just under that billion mark. And he's been in the game for a long time. He has a lot of iconic songs that I'm sure are close to or at a billion that aren't in that top five. Oh, I guarantee it. Because he's been rapping longer, at, at least for the length that we've been alive or longer. Oh, yeah. Like, he's been in the game for a long time, and... I mean, still, like, I feel like even if I had been, if I've been rapping for as long as he had, that, that number would still blow my mind. Oh, yeah. Like, knowing that people listen to your songs, not just one, but multiple, over a billion times, it's insane. Because I, I just, I feel like it, there's something about knowing that people listen to something you put out all the time like like uh radio stations will play people go out of their way to search songs that he made because they like like i don't know what it is but there's just something about it that blows my mind and i feel like i just can't comprehend is the fact that like one day something i make could be something that people just want to look into and it's not just uh i like it so i'm gonna do it kind of thing like it's something that other people like too yeah i don't know it blows my mind i know it's crazy i want to know your top five current country artists like currently releasing music not like in the past but like currently releasing music right now currently releasing music mm-hmm. all right let's see That is actually a really good question. <laughs> Not something I've really thought about. Um, because I know you listen to a lot of country, but it's also like older country. Not um, too much new. I listen to a lot of Cody Johnson. Okay. Um, got a lot. Uh, I've really been digging a lot of Bailey Zimmerman. He He's incredible. Um, see who else? Um, Morgan Wallen. Okay. Um, we've got Coulter Wall. Yes. <laughs> um, and then I listened to an okay amount of Co Wetzel. So if you had to place a top five, how would you rank them? So I'd probably put Cody Johnson at my number one right now. Okay. I'd probably stick Morgan Wallen at number two. Okay. Um, probably Bailey Zimmerman at number three. Okay. Um, Coulter Wall at four. 
and then Co Wetzel at five. Okay. I'll do you one better. All right. I'm gonna put Coulter Wall at number one. Okay. Number two, Zach Bryan. Okay. Number three, Tyler Childers. Okay. Number four, Bailey Zimmerman. Uh-huh. And number five, you're probably going to be surprised I ranked him so low because of how much you know I love his music. Number five, Luke Combs. Oh, okay. Because Interesting. I, I've i noticed my the style of country I listen to has changed a lot. And I'm 100% going to blame it on Yellowstone because that show is what introduced me to Coulter Wall. Right. And that I went down the rabbit hole from there. Obviously, I knew who Childers was before all that. Everyone knows Childers. He's a household name. But listening to Coulter Wall and then eventually getting into Zach Bryan and then eventually Childers, it all kind of opened this door for this whole new style of music to me. That I, I don't know what you classify Zach Bryan and Childers as, but I would 100% classify um, Culture Wall as like Western Plains country. Right. Like he makes old sounding music, if that makes sense. No, yeah, I get that. That um, it's, it's, it's a whole like different genre that you don't really hear from anyone other than Culture. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out because spotify i thought if you clicked on an artist it would tell you their genre but i'm not seeing it anywhere that that would make sense that it would show you a genre because i know when it comes to your uh you know your year of spotify that'll tell you you know your biggest genres yeah so Obviously, somewhere they're classified under a certain genre, which even if you look under country, you'll find said, you know, Coulter Wall, Childers, um, Zach Bryan. So it would make sense that it would give them. What's the word I'm looking for here? Like, uh, like labels, I guess. Like subgenres. Yeah. Like it would show like country and then what style of country because i i personally don't know what i i would classify like bailey zimmerman Zach bryan childers like they all have a a not quite the same style but there's similarities that i feel like they could be put under the same subgenre but i don't know what it would be yeah because you would think they would be in the same but spotify might also label them completely different yeah because because like i know my last year, there was a lot of rap mm-hmm. and a lot of the artists that you heard, you know, play on songs together. But every rap was like a different genre of rap. Yeah, so I've noticed. Like, it'd be like Florida rap and then, you know, all these other little ones. Like, it's interesting. Yeah, I've noticed Spotify does things differently with how they categorize artists. Like, I remember um, I was looking through new albums and... There, this is months ago, and there wasn't too much under like rap and country. So I looked under pop to check new albums, and there was rappers under pop. Like there was something with uh, the baby was under um, pop music, and then I want to say um, uh, Chance the Rapper was under there too. Like it was weird because they were categorizing rappers under pop, 
and I, I, I feel like there's there's a bridge there that they're they're gapping a little too much, because like I guess you could categorize rappers as pop if they were featured on a pop song, like say Levitating by Dua Lipa, DaBaby was on it. Okay, categorize that as pop because that's a pop song with a rap feature, but that doesn't make that doesn't mean the baby is now classified under pop. He's still at the end of the day, a rapper. Yeah. So I, I don't understand certain things they classify. Cause like you can go under a certain genre under Spotify and there's like 50 playlists and they're all like different sub genres that I, I've never even heard of before. So I don't understand how they're classifying these artists. I don't know, because, like, Post Malone's new album is under pop. Which, I could understand pop. It's I'd say more R&B, but I can understand pop. But at the end of the day, Post Malone, even though he sings more than he raps, he's still in hip-hop. That's, yeah. that's still where he should be classified. He's not a pop star. When I think pop star, I think Dua Lipa, Ariana Grande, Shawn Mendes, Justin Bieber, you know? But that's not Post Malone. I, j- I don't understand. I- I've heard a lot of people say he's more pop because he sings. But I don't understand. Like, I understand he sings. But you know who else sings? Chris Brown. He's yeah. still considered a rapper. So, I I don't understand with Post Malone. Like, obviously, as he's developed more of a sense of style and his albums have come out he's gone more and more towards singing because that's what he's good at but I don't think that should change his music because changing your style I don't think should change your category uh, category oh my god categorization because look at Machine Gun Kelly he used to be a rapper now he makes shitty punk rock music He's still yeah. technically a rapper because that rap music exists. It's still on the internet, so he's still a rapper. Because if he if he's performing shows, I'm sure he's still going to perform some of his old rap songs. Because all artists sing some of their old songs, because that's what got them there, not their new music. So I feel like you can't classify Post Malone as a pop singer just because he sings. Yeah, but I think the way they they label these things is based off of what they're currently making. So if their songs are more pop, they're going to be labeled as pop because that's what's currently being released is their idea behind it. Yeah, that makes sense. It's just kind of, I don't know, it's kind of jarring, I guess. Oh... But that new album, that new album was an experience listening to it. Oh, I'm sure. I'm definitely getting the vinyl when it comes out. And you know he's already released the deluxe album. He only, It was only two extra songs, but he's already de- released it. Yeah, I saw that. Which I haven't listened to him yet. I'm a fake fan, but I need to listen to him. Uh, my, Mike Dimes released an album. Oh, he released a whole album? Yeah, so it actually came out uh, right before the remix of Home. Okay. Which I saw today, so there's a whole album. So Religion is actually a really good one off of there. 
Is there any like decent features besides? I imagine um, uh, the remix with JID is on there. No, because that came out after this album uh, was released. Okay, I see he's only got two features on here with people I've never heard of: Duke Deuce and Zay Three K. Yeah, I have no idea who they are. <laughs> Me neither. Uh, and he's he's doing good for himself. He's got an album. I don't know if he's signed with a label or not. I haven't seen. I haven't seen any because I found found him on TikTok, but I haven't seen anything from him since that uh, video of when I found uh, home. Yeah. So I don't I don't know if he's doing a label or he's an independent. But shit, go for it. <laughs> no idea. TikTok's TikTok is pumping out artists nowadays. Oh yeah, where you know, remember when it used to just be all the radio? You know, you'd hear, you know, these five ten popular artists for a genre mm-hmm. and that was it where nowadays you go and look and you've you know you look at new releases and you've just got like hundreds of people that you've never heard of yeah and there's some that are doing really good like look at 24k golden yeah like he owes his career to tiktok and he's making so much money and oh yeah like uh I wouldn't say it made him because obviously he was doing way good before TikTok. But Young Gravy is reaching more audiences now being on TikTok than he was able to before. He was already doing good for himself, especially working with BB No Money. They were they were hitting a wide demographic already. But being on TikTok has made him so much more money. Like, And he's to a wider audience now. Oh, yeah. And I mean, he's doing insane. Like he's doing all these crazy shows. He's dropping. Uh, Betty is dropping tonight. The one that uh, samples uh, "Never Gonna Give You Up." Yep. I am so excited for that song. Oh yeah, that song's gonna be incredible. But it's it's crazy that TikTok is creating this new platform for artists where all you have to do is post thirty seconds of your song. And there's a good chance you're going to blow up. Right. And it's gotten to the point where now artists are posting their new music to TikTok too because it's helping them. I mean, look at uh, Lizzo. Lizzo has a new dan- a dance for her new song because of TikTok. And that dance she did in the music video and, you know, she's she's got a ton of free advertisement from TikTok. And then Post Malone... He, uh, like, I guess leaked, I say in air quotes, some of his songs on TikTok, just showing like snippets and like uh, little, little tidbits of his new songs before the album released just to get people excited because it's just, it's easy. You just record a 30 second, one minute long clip, post it, boom, it's done. The algorithm, algorithm takes it and there's a, 50-50 50-50 chance you're going to be an overnight sensation. Yeah. It, TikTok is unlike any other platform. TikTok is what YouTube used to be. Oh, like, yeah. like nowadays, YouTube, there's so many big people. Almost any YouTuber you see nowadays has at least a million subscribers. Yeah. Like, that used to be huge. Hitting a million subscribers was huge. TikTok, or uh, YouTube nowadays... Almost everybody has a million subscribers. That's nothing. 10 million. That's nothing. 15. Nothing. I mean, 
subscribers, it's it's not even like a big deal anymore since PewDiePie hit over a hundred million. Now that we know that someone can achieve a hundred million subscribers, it's like well, a million means nothing now. Yeah, and it's so hard to grow on YouTube now because nobody's subscribing to any anybody. Like a few people will subscribe to people. Like I subscribe to the people I like just so it's easier for me to find their videos. But a majority of people who browse YouTube don't subscribe to people because the homepage shows them the videos they want to see anyway. Right. If you watch a certain YouTuber, like say um, I watch a lot of Cinnamon Toast Kins videos, I am subscribed to him just you know because it adds a little bit of support. But realistically, I don't have to because my homepage on YouTube is going to show me his videos anyway. It's going to show me Good Mythical Mornings videos, whether I'm subscribed to them or not. It's going to show me, hey, a new Post Malone music video is out, whether I'm subscribed to Post Malone or not. Because the algorithm knows what I like, that I don't have to go out of my way to subscribe to people. And that's a majority of people's thought process now. It, It's... Oh, it's not impossible, but it's very hard to grow a platform on YouTube nowadays. Whereas TikTok, you can just post a TikTok and let it do its thing. Like I posted a TikTok and I got 5,000 views. Right. Like obviously in to most people, that's nothing. But I have three TikToks on my on my page. So my first one I ever posted getting 5,000 views. That's pretty good for not having any TikToks and I have like 30 followers, which 90% are people I know in person, you know, that for it to do something like that so easily, it, it's mind blowing. And there's people that like, I saw a guy yesterday. Um, he had six videos, I think it was. And it was like one video was a joke about being a college student. And the other five were like shitty dance moves to do in a club and he had a he had six videos that were all posted. He posted his first video on April twentieth, and the most recent one was posted yesterday. Whenever I saw it, so in that short span of two months, he has already gained a million likes and probably well over a million views. Jeez! In just two months of posting one joke about being a college student and five dancing videos of shit like he was doing like the sprinkler you know like shitty dance moves to, to yeah. do in the club is a joke and he's got over a million views and a, a million likes it's Crazy. tiktok's insane like take take our friend bentley for example like bentley he's making a killing on tiktok he's oh, yeah. doing his uh his like drawings and uh he has a, a few characters on there and he's got like a whole series going now. I checked his page out the other day. He's got like a whole series going on with multiple characters. And he's got like over 30,000 followers last time I checked it. Like he's doing so good. It's crazy. You can build this huge platform without barely doing anything. Yeah. But there is a downside. I don't know if you know much about the TikTok creator fund. but They don't pay you crap? They don't pay you anything. It's like it's dimes like i could make i could get millions of views and likes on 
every single video, I would make more weekly with a minimum wage job than I would making money off TikTok with millions yeah. of likes and views because they don't pay like YouTube does. YouTube, you can post three, say you're established like Jacksepticeye or PewDiePie or, you know, just an established YouTuber. You casually post two to three videos a week. You're getting a hundred thousand million. You're getting a couple million views, you know, and that's steady living. You're generating pretty good income because YouTube pays decently. And then you're doing a few sponsorships here and there for some extra cash to put back into the channel. But TikTok's different. Most people that make money on TikTok are getting it from sponsors. Yeah. That's why you see it's it's not as bad as it used to be. But, you know, like uh, when Addison Ray and Charlie and Dixie and all them were really big, they were doing ads all the time because that's how they were making their money. That was the only, because especially when they first got big, the TikTok creator fund wasn't even a thing. So the only way to make money was doing sponsorships and it was working. Like they had a huge mansion in in, uh, California. Like it was obviously working, but I, I feel like TikTok needs to pay better. Like, I don't know, obviously, the cent per like or whatever the ratio is. I don't know any of that. But I know from hearing TikTokers talk about it on their page that they don't make much money. Like, uh, Hank Green talked about it. He was he was like, oh, I'll talk about it because I don't care. TikTok's not my main source of income. It's just something I do for fun. And he was talking about how very little he makes off of it. And right. I saw one guy actually break down numbers. He he was talking about uh, how much he made on a video that got like, it was ridiculous numbers, like 25 million views or something like that. And he was like, well, you have to get to 10,000 followers first to, el- to be eligible for the TikTok creator fund. So he waited till he got uh, followers and then became eligible and, Eventually, it was around like five million views um, before he was able to like actually start making money off of it. And I want to say it was twenty five million views was the final count of when he made that video. And he showed how much he made off of TikTok. It was like six hundred dollars. Right. Twenty five million views, probably five million likes is my guess of like to view count. And he right. only made $600. Like, it, it's, it's insane. Like, $600 is a good chunk of change. Don't get me wrong. But for getting so many views, because that it's not just views on your channel. It's views of people watching TikToks that TikTok is making money from. Right. But the they're not giving back anything they make at all. Like, they're, they're worth billions of dollars they make billions of dollars a year but they're like giving out dimes like they're giving nothing it just it blows my mind that it can be the biggest it's it's got to be one of the biggest platforms out there right now of people being discovered and one of the biggest social media platforms and yet you can't really make a living off of it you can 
like get a jump start, but then most people branch out to other places. Like most people that do really good on TikTok start live streaming or YouTube channels or they find Only other ways fans. Yeah, or OnlyFans. <laughs> they find they find ways to make money because TikTok isn't the way to make money. It's just the way to be discovered. Yeah, and what I'm looking at right now is they say TikTok's net worth is anywhere from fifty billion to seventy five billion dollars. But that is insane. I know they are turning over huge amounts of profit. Pay the people that are making you that money. Yeah. Like, obviously, a billion-dollar corporation has to keep profit for itself. Obviously, it has to stay afloat. They probably have hundreds of thousands of employees. Excuse me. They have to keep some of the profit. But pay the people that made you. Like... Obviously, TikTok is derived from Musical.ly, but TikTok has grown and brought in more people because it's no longer a cringy shake your camera to a song app. There's actually like people making music. There's educational videos. There's comedy, like people posting stand-up comedy clips. There's people posting clips from their podcasts. Like it's developed into this whole new thing that it wasn't originally. Because of the change to it becoming TikTok, it brought in more people. And those people blew... Most of the people that like blew up TikTok when it first started aren't around anymore. Yeah. Most of them moved on because they realized this isn't it. It's not going to work. Most of the people that are big on TikTok right now started later. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just you can tell it's not the way to go. When the people that made you didn't stick around. Yeah. Like you can look at YouTube and the people that made YouTube, most of them are still around. Like obviously some of them had quit for personal reasons or they're just not doing too good. But most of them are still around like Markiplier, PewDiePie, Captain Sparkles, Jacksepticeye. Um, like you get the gist. Uh, good Mythical Morning. Most of them are still regularly posting because – that's their living. They can make an affordable living off of YouTube because YouTube pays its I, I wouldn't I don't want to say employees, but it's it's creators. That's the word I'm looking for. It pays its creators. I just TikTok needs to figure its shit out, man. Yeah. I I just I don't understand. It it's it's greedy is what it is. Oh a hundred percent that's all that is. It's greed. It's greed. But at the same time, people need people need TikTok. Oh yeah, which it's it's kind of like weird and like trippy dystopian to say we need a social media app. But TikTok is TikTok is what's making society right now. If like it's obviously most of our society is social media based, and it's. It's like generating a whole new generation of people. I mean, yeah. we're we're copy pasting, printing out artists, influencers, celebrities, whatever you want to call them. We're pushing them out like nothing ever before. And I I kind of think it's a good thing. I I feel like the world needed a big change from rapey Hollywood. You know, yeah, we, we needed a change because. 
Hollywood's gross, dude. Like, it's a gross, rapey, drug-filled arena that is a whole fucked-up monster that I think it's good that we have this new ground to build build a, a fan base and kind of become famous through that. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's about time that we had a big change when it comes to, like, like the, obviously the internet is forever changing. It'll, it'll every ten years is gonna look different than the past ten years. So it's, it's a good thing that we're finding new ways to build on that because if we let, if if we just kept the internet how it how it was ten years ago, I mean it would be so lame, dude. Yeah, let's hop on MySpace. Yeah, like, dude, it's it, I mean MySpace and. Play Farmville on Facebook, dude. That oh, don't sucked. Lie. You miss those days. I miss Farmville, but still, <laughs> I I definitely miss Farmville. But still, it's like, dude, I don't want to do that for the rest of my life. I mean, look at look at what we have now. We went from Farmville on Facebook to ninety percent of your video games now look like real life. Yeah. It. I mean, it's changed so much, and it's for the better, and it's still changing. Like, obviously, we have decent VR right now, but we're working on AR, augmented reality, which is a whole nother insane thing. Like, obviously, we have forms of it already, like Pokemon Go, but, I mean, we're like, there's companies talking about AR glasses where you put on these glasses and it displays this shit in real life like holograms. Like, it, it looks like holograms because it's displayed on the glasses. I mean, you're basically having the Iron Man system on your eyes. It, oh, Jarvis. Exactly. It's crazy the shit that we're making right now. It, because Who knows? Dinosaurs may happen soon. Just saying. Dude, we're literally working on bringing back the woolly mammoth right now. I don't know if you heard about that. I have not heard about that. Yes, what? scientists have found woolly mammoth DNA and are working on cloning them. Oh, my God. Yes, we're trying to resurrect the mammoth and bring it back from extinction. Have they not seen the movies? <laughs> Nothing good ever happens when you try that. I, I guess they thought, hey, dinosaurs don't work, so let's try hairy elephants. <laughs> yeah, next thing you know, the cities are going to be overrun by woolly mammoths. Dude, we're all going to be scared for our lives. You know how badass it would be, though, to go to the zoo and see a mammoth? You know how cool it would be to own one and like <laughs> ride it to work? It'd be so cool. And that's another thing that's insane is that we have cloning. Like, yeah. Like there, I remember reading that there's like something about like a program where you can pay a ridiculous amount of money and get yourself cloned. Like you're telling me I can go and get myself cloned to be like, Hey, make this man a baby and then raise myself. Like you can Yo, do that. Boy. I can pay ridiculous money and to raise myself. And then there's artificial pregnancies. Like if if your girl can't get pregnant or you're in a uh, same gender relationship and, and you know it's two females they can't get pregnant. You test can, tube baby. You can <laughs> you can go and get a test tube baby with both of your shared de- so two females in a lesbian relationship 
can go and get their DNAs mixed together and create this, a child. Like, that's insane. I mean, like, obviously people 50 years ago thought we'd have flying cars. But no, we don't have flying cars. We're cloning people. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck flying cars. We're, we're cloning people. No, I want my flying car. <laughs> but, dude, it, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, but it reminds me of this movie called The Island. Have okay. You, it, okay. It has it stars uh, Ewan McGregor and uh, Scarlett Johansson. Um, right. So it's there's this whole island of people, and it, it's like super futuristic and everything. And uh, basically, Ewan and Scarlett find out that they're clones. So they're like, we got to get out of here and find our real selves. So as they're going through this, they discover that basically rich people have access to clone themselves in the event that they need like an organ donation or a blood donation. They have a clone there. So um, Ewan finds out he's a clone of like some actor or something and Scarlett's a clone of like a model or whatever. So they're going through this crazy like adventure going through the world like learning that they were cloned to be organ donors and i feel like that's the route we're heading yeah probably like in the next 15 years donald trump can be call up this cloning facility and be like hey dude i'm old as shit and i need a heart transplant there dude we got you it'll be there in two hours like, yeah, like it's, what? it's insane that like we're going that route and another another tangent here we're also going the route of um oh what's the word um damn it what's that movie um it based off the book where it's the virtual reality you know what i'm talking about right no oh damn it i feel like an idiot for forgetting the name of this movie but the it's this whole virtual reality world where everybody has this virtual reality and he finds like secret Easter eggs to this virtual reality game and oh, what ready player one. Oh my God. That's it. We're heading for a ready player one world as well with virtual reality because let's face it. This reality sucks. Right. <laughs> so you're telling me if I have the opportunity to put on a VR headset and live in this alternate reality, I personally probably wouldn't take it. But there are people out there that hate their life so much that they would 100% give up their life and live in a virtual reality world just because they can control it more and they have more freedom. Yeah. And that's that's 100% the route we're heading because look at the metaverse. You know about Facebook and the metaverse, right? Yeah. Like, that's... Mark Zuckerberg is trying to build Ready Player One in real life. Like this, Mr. Lizard Man himself. Mr. Lizard Man is trying to put us in a video game, and I want to say, "Road come to." <laughs> I want to say the metaverse is already usable, or at least in early access. But, like, we're heading to a world where you can live in a video game. And when you've been living in a video game and eating a shitty Cheeto and Dorito and Mountain Dew diet because you've been playing video games all day, you're going to need a heart transplant. Just call up your clone and be like, hey, dude, 
I have really shitty cholesterol. I need a new heart. We got you. It'll be there in two hours. Like, we're heading to a... We're the darkest timeline, 100%. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We're heading to a dark future. And the only thing I'm praying for is a housing market crash. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. If we can get a housing market crash, I will gladly live in the darkest timeline and live in my nice house that I got for $50,000. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Me sitting on my hundred acres of land for 20 bucks. (laughs) Dude, I mean, I want a huge housing market crash. Like, I want to buy a ridiculous amount of property so when the market goes back up again, sell it all. Oh, yeah. Just make, like, a hundred times profit. Exactly. Like, obviously, keep a little bit for yourself to, like, build a house on and live on. Or, you know, do, like, a vacation. Here's, okay, here's what I would do. I would say the housing market crashes hard and land is just ridiculously cheap. But you'd you'd buy a lot of land. And, you know, let the market do its thing. But you section off a few acres of that land, put a cabin or two, and rent it out to hunters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, buy land in a decently good hunting area and rent it out to hunters. So you're making money renting your cabins out to hunters. Excuse me. While also, in a few years, your investment's going to make money, too, when you sell off the rest of the property. When the market's ridiculous like it is again. Right. Like, dude, I was driving uh, back from Florida and I saw a sign that's, it It was, uh, I think it, it said like 10,000 per acre or something like that. But right. they But they were selling like 100 acres at one time. So it was like a yeah. million dollars for the whole thing, which... I don't know too much about the land prices in Florida, but a hundred acres for a million dollars. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. I mean, it's insane. Another tangent here talking about me driving back from Florida yesterday. I have a very funny story that happened to me yesterday. Well, let's hear the story. <laughs> I w- this is a, st- a story I would have told you immediately if I wasn't saving it for this podcast. So we're, we're driving back from Florida, and we're probably about two hours into the trip. Like, we're not that far into it. And, you know, I get the stomach gurgles, and I'm like, okay, I have to go poop. I'll stop now because I'm coming up on a rest stop rather than waiting till I'm cramping and in pain and can't find anywhere to stop, you know? Trying to be ahead of myself. So this is going to get a little TMI. So I go into the rest stop bathroom, sitting on the toilet, not forcing anything. I'm literally just letting my body do its thing. I'm scrolling through Reddit. And my mom calls me because I was supposed to take uh, some stuff back with me and I forgot it. So she calls me and she's like, hey, you forgot this stuff. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I I remembered after I was on the drive and it was too late to turn back. I didn't want to waste time. She's like, yeah, no problem, cool. So I hang up the phone, I sit it down on the toilet paper holder, and I get really cold all of a sudden. So I kind of like lean back, and when I open my eyes, I'm on the floor. What? 
I passed out and fell off the toilet. What? I mean, like, fell off, like, face to the floor, bare naked ass up in the air. Oh, in a rest stop bathroom. <laughs> in a rest stop bathroom. Oh. <laughs> You might want to go get tested, dude. It, it was the most <laughs> it was the most embarrassing thing ever. But looking back on it, it's so funny. And was there other people in the bathroom, dude? There was other people that just walked right past me. Nobody stopped to ask me anything. Like uh, Ayla and I kind of timed it out, and we think I was out for like thirty seconds to a minute. So nothing ridiculous. But my head, when I woke up, my head was right by the stall door. You could clearly see my head there, and my hat fell off. And when I woke up, a dude was walking past my stall. So, unless he was blind, he had to have known. I fell off that toilet, and I was knocked out. Why? <laughs> I, I, I am baffled by the situation. I have, no, I still have no idea why I passed out. I just did. I. It was the weirdest because I have. Uh, I've passed out. A ton of times in my life because I used to have low iron and shit. So I know the signs of when I'm going to pass out. And one of them is me getting cold. But another big one is all I see is purple. Like everything turns a deep purple color. But that didn't happen. I just had the getting cold. So I thought it was just really cold in the bathroom. Or maybe I was under an air vent and the air turned on, you know? Right. But then I woke up on the floor. (laughs) Fun trips. (laughs) Dude, like, do you know how embarrassing it is? I'm glad I wasn't in prison. Because I woke up bare ass in the air. Oh, yeah, no, great thing you weren't (laughs) in prison. Like, thank God I was just in a rest stop in Florida. Because that was... Although, that sounds like it probably (laughs) would be about the same. Just saying. Yeah, rest stop like an hour out of Tampa. Probably the same thing as a prison. (laughs) Probably. Yeah, I, I got up, and I'll tell you Ayla's perspective in a second, but I saw a message from her that was like, hey, are you good? And I'm like, nah, you need to drive. I I need to get uh, my spare glasses because my glasses are messed up. The frame is all, like, bent up, and I couldn't bend it back, so I didn't have my glasses at all today. So that's fun. Um, I have a bruise on my forehead. Nice. And there's a little bit of swelling on my right cheekbone under my eye. Because I straight up just, I don't remember hitting the floor, but I woke up with an awful headache. So I knew I smacked the shit out of that floor. Uh, I'm surprised <laughs> it wasn't a dent in the floor. <laughs> there probably was. Knowing my big ass head, there probably was. So, so Ayla, she told me, uh, so Ayla had like just fell asleep to take a nap because we got up at like five o'clock in the morning. So, you know, she's not used to that. Whereas I do that every day for a living. She's not used to that. So she was taking a nap and I pulled off to a rest stop. She wakes up. She's like, hey, what's going on? You know, the usual. And I'm like, I'm just going to the bathroom. No worries. So I leave her there. She says she she uh, went back to sleep and she checked the time and it was like seven o'clock. And then she woke up and checked the time. and It was like seven ten. I still wasn't out. She's like, oh, he's probably got to poop. Eventually, when she starts to get worried is it's getting close to seven thirty now. So right. I've been in the bathroom for 30 minutes. So she texts me, and that's when I, I just woke up, got up. I didn't do anything in the bathroom, so I like got up, pulled my pants up, 
And I'm like, I got to have some dignity here. So I went and washed my hands, played it off, you know? Like, I didn't just smack the fuck out of the ground with my forehead. <laughs> so, yeah. so I text her back, and I, and I was like, no, no, I'm good, but you need to drive. I got in that, that truck, and I took, like, a two-hour nap. Like, just a hard-ass two. I can't sleep in vehicles, especially yeah. when they're moving. I can't sleep. I took a two-hour hard-ass nap. I woke up to the most splitting headache. Not like migraine, but like, it wasn't like migraine level, but like, it was like a hurting headache. It was a, I just smacked the shit out of my head on a bathroom floor. Exactly. Type of headache. You, you nailed it. <laughs> just like I <laughs> nailed the floor, you nailed that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so. oh, Jesus. Oh, God. That's not the first time I've hit my head passing out either. Did I tell you about uh, when I had mono? Yes. Yeah, and I had mono summer before my freshman year. And uh, I had to babysit my sisters that whole summer, too. And um, I did, obviously, a shitty job of babysitting my sisters because, you know, I had mono. Right. I, I don't know if you've had mono or know much about mono. Um, But it's almost kind of like a middle the way it affected me it was almost like a mid-strength flu like it wasn't like awful but like it it, it kind of like sucked trying to do everyday things right so i mostly hung out in my room and played video games because anything that required effort like ruined excuse me ruined me so i kind of hung out in my room a lot so I was a pretty shitty babysitter to my two very young sisters. Right. So my dad comes home and very good reason starts yelling at me and I pass out and slam my head on the counter and drop Ooh. to the floor. I remember standing there listening to my dad yelling me at me and then opening my eyes. And I'm on the floor. And my dad's screaming, freaking out. <laughs> so he took it pretty easy on me babysitting after that because he Mom realized sure. how bad mono was. Yeah. And uh, Harley was telling me a, a story about um me passing out the other day. Very weird timing that it happened. It was like two days before I had this toilet incident. Um, She was telling me that she remembered a time that uh me and Brandon were babysitting her and my sister's. And I passed out, fell off the couch, and hit hit the floor. And Brandon was, like, screaming, wake, trying to wake me up and everything. I have zero memory of this. <laughs> I literally okay. do not remember this at all. Like, I oh, guess I, I guess I hit the ground hard enough that I just genuinely don't remember it. I guess you actually just knocked the memory out of yourself. <laughs> I guess I guess so, but I believe Harley because she has really good memory. Like, so I believe that this happened. I just also guess I hit the ground so hard that I forgot what happened. Yes. So. Oh God! But like I said, I I had a lot of experience passing out in my my low iron years. I've never passed out. Thank goodness. Really? It's yep. it's an experience. It's almost like, it's almost like dozing off and then waking up suddenly, you know, like you I've, take like a five minute power nap. Yeah, I've done that a lot. Yeah, it, it's almost kind of like that, but for a shorter amount of time. Like, 
most of the time when I pat when I've passed out, it's for like thirty seconds to a minute, somewhere in that range. Right. So it's like decent enough that it like people have time to like get worried and they're like, oh shit, he's passed out. But it's also not long enough to like cause health issues. Right. But it's it's a weird experience. It's almost like a really long blink. Like I said, I was sitting on the toilet one second and next I'm on the floor. Face down, ass up. (laughs) Face down, ass up on the floor. Like, in real lifetime, it was like 30 seconds to a minute. But for me, I mean, it was instantaneous. One second, I'm leaning back on the toilet because I'm cold. And the next second, I'm face down, ass up, ready to get rammed, you know? Yeah. (laughs) it's, It's a weird, awkward thing to experience. But I'm glad you haven't because it's also really shitty. When you're in a situation like I was. Yeah, thank goodness. (laughs) Because there's no way there wasn't somebody in that bathroom at the same time that heard you smack the fuck out of the floor. Dude, exactly. They had to have known that I passed out. There's no way they didn't. I mean, I I counted before I left. There was like three, four people in there. Because there was two guys already in there when I went in. And they were still there when I left. And like we had established... I was in there for 30 minutes. I right. mean, they were busy. They were getting busy on the toilets. There were some awful sounds in there. But regardless, they knew I was in there. And I t- like I said, there was one guy walking past my stall as I regained consciousness. I watched his feet go by. There's no way he didn't see my head. Or at least my hair, because my hat fell off. And my hair's decently long enough that if my head is right by the stall door it would hang out past the stall door. Yeah. Like, they, Florida people just suck. <laughs> that's that's what I'm getting from this. Because there's no way they didn't know. They would have had to have heard it. I was wearing a, yeah. I was wearing a belt, too, so you would hear the belt at least hit. If not my skull slamming onto the floor, they would at least hear my belt. <laughs> it... Yeah. It's it's insane. I I don't understand some people. Like if I'm if I'm in the bathroom, obviously if I'm like mid shit, I'm not gonna get up. But if I'm walking past a stall and I see, oh hey, that dude's passed out, I'm gonna hit knock the door and be like, hey dude, are you good? Do you need me to call somebody? You know. Yeah. I'm not just gonna walk by and mind my business, because smacking your head on a tile floor. Thankfully, I got lucky, but you could split your head open doing that. Yeah. Thankfully, I got lucky, and there was no, I mean, there might be internal bleeding, and I might be slowly dying, but there was no exterior bleeding, so until that inevitable me dying happens, I'm good. Now you got a hard head. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm good. I got knocked around as a kid. I had my fair share of slamming my head into walls. I'm good. <laughs> But there was also the chance I could have, like, cracked my skull and, like, had to go to the hospital. Yeah. So, thankfully, it didn't go that route. Thank goodness. You got anything else for me, Chris? I don't think so. And I say we should call it a wrap. I would have to agree. All right. Let's wrap it up.